This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So let's do things a little bit differently today. Let's play a game and let's get to know each other better from a Christmas perspective. I don't like to play games, but I'll play with you. We'll you don't do it like anyway. to play games? You're like the oh. ultimate softball dad. There's no ball here. The game is question and answer. It makes me feel like I'm under interrogation. So that's not a game. So I want you to have a visual that I have a ball in my hands and there usually actually is one somewhere around here, but there is not right now. Pretend that I'm tossing you the ball when I ask you the questions and you're catching it. See, I don't do pretend games either, but we're going to do it anyway. That's okay. Because I just want to learn more about you when it comes to Christmas because this is my favorite time of year. I'm good with that. So what is the worst gift you ever got? All my gifts were fantastic. So that's going to be really, really hard. I've never gotten a bad gift. I don't necessarily remember a specific item, but you know how you have that, you think you've figured out what you've gotten? You think you know what you're going to get and then it didn't happen. So you raise the level of expectation way too high. I think I'm going to get a new vehicle this year. I'm thinking back when I was, you know, a teenager and I think he's going to do it. I think dad's going to get me a new vehicle. And it just like you got some shirts and a jacket or, you know, you got some clothes. I would have to go my summary of probably my worst gift. It really wasn't my worst gift. It was just what I did to myself. I created an expectation that was completely unrealistic. What vehicle did you think you were getting? Well, I went through this phase, believe it or not. It's very embarrassing because I've been a truck guy my entire life. There was this little sports car. I went through this phase where I thought my senior year, maybe going into college, I was going to get this little sports car. And I don't even remember what it was. It was probably a Ford Probe. We all wanted Ford Probes or a Mustang or whatever. It was some kind of weird little, probably a Toyota of some maybe Celica GT. And it only lasted about a year. And I thought, I'm going to move from truck to car. I want this little sports car. And I am so thankful that my parents were wise and did not give in to, you know, the wishes of their crazy teenage son because I never got that. And I'm so thankful I didn't get that. And I've never thought about owning a car personally ever again in my life. So I have two worst gifts ever. I grew up in the South, but all of my father's family was in Pennsylvania. And when you only see people maybe once a year and sometimes not even that, because I would see my grandparents, but I wouldn't always see all the aunts and uncles and cousins and whatever. So the year that I turned 14 years old and one of my aunts bought me little girl white lace socks with little turquoise unicorns embroidered on them. Like like that you would buy a five or six year old. And I remember opening this and thinking, they have no idea that I'm not a little girl anymore. And so I, I think that was it. I was just kind of like, why would you buy me these little ruffled socks? They lost track of time. Yeah. (laughs) And then as an adult one year, and it's kind of funny now, but we had an incident where all of our luggage got lost while we were going to, to Pennsylvania. And so we did this thing where we all went to Kmart and we each took $10 a person and we went and got gifts for everybody for $10 or less for each person. And my mother bought me three bottles of Formula 409. I was remodeling a house and so I was using the 409 because it was cutting this grease that people 
had been used to cooking in, in, a, in their house for like the last 60 years. So there was purpose to it. But I remember I was like, really? You gave me three bottles of Formula 4 and 9 for Christmas. This is it? Very functional. It's not like you're not going to use it. Right. Well, you know, it, it, what's funny is, you know, one of the gifts that the cute boy and I did this year for our anniversary is we got a Roomba. And it's like the greatest gift I think we've ever gotten for each other. It's amazing. Like Roomba brings me joy. What was a childhood favorite gift? My favorite gift as a child, my white bunny rabbit fur coat from Fields Lady Shop in Monroe. And it came in this big pink box and they actually used the picture of me opening it in, on Christmas morning in their ads for years and years and years because I wanted this little white fur coat all year long. And so that as a child, my, getting my, my white fur coat. And then as an adult... You know, I would say my strangest Christmas gift, my most unexpected Christmas gift would be when the cute boy proposed to me at Christmas Eve brunch. And I wasn't really able to speak for the whole rest of the day because I was so incredibly shocked. My engagement ring, I guess, would be my best Christmas gift as an adult because it changed my life. How about you? So I probably have two as a kid. One was, uh, was probably about nine or 10 years old. It was a basketball goal. And it was from my aunt and uncle. It went in the ground and it lasted for decades. Okay. So this was huge return on investment with this, this basketball gold. It was the most expensive, ridiculous gift. And I could not believe that my aunt and uncle gave me this basketball gold. I also got a stereo one year. This was a little bit older when I was like 12 or 13. It was during that period of time where the speakers were like five foot tall. If I'm thinking about it right now as a parent, I'm thinking my parents were nuts. Why would they ever give their teenage son this loud music making device? It was incredible. As an adult, hands down, we had a Christmas wedding, so it had to have been marrying my wife. That was our Christmas that year. Hey, we got married and went on a honeymoon. Obviously, for both of us, family is about Christmas and surrounding ourselves with the people that we love. Have you ever had a Christmas that you were by yourself? I have not. I've been very fortunate that I cannot ever recall a Christmas by myself. I'm guilty of eating alone. That drives my wife crazy. I'll go and eat by myself. Like that does not bother me. Just go into a restaurant and eat alone. If I'm on a trip, I don't have a problem doing that. But I am very fortunate that I have not ever had to have a Christmas season or a Thanksgiving season by myself. I'm very blessed and fortunate in that. I've had it happen a few times for different reasons, usually having to do with work. But I'll tell you the worst one. There was one particular year that my my parents had gone to Pennsylvania. Christmas fell on a Wednesday. And, you know, I always tried to make sure that my team was able to take time off to spend time with their children since I didn't have children. So, okay, so I'm going to take all the Christmas shifts. I'll take care of everything. But I can remember that after work, I went to see The Family Stone, which is a Christmas movie that has Sarah Jessica Parker. And uh, is, it, is it Diane Keaton? It's kind of sad, and it's it's not a necessarily it's got some great funny parts in it but 
It's not the happiest of, it's not the elf of Christmas movies. And it somehow created this crying jag in me because I was all by myself on Christmas and I was working and I had just watched the most sad Christmas movie that I'd ever seen at the movie theater. And I really kind of like created this little pity party for myself. So yes, I, I had one really bad Christmas alone, but you know, Christmas isn't necessarily about a day. To me, it's more about the season and whether you're celebrating on Christmas or you're celebrating on December the 9th or, or whatever, you know, it is about family and season and spirit. So I had one bad one. You're going to go watch the family stone while you're having Christmas by yourself. You kind of did that to yourself. But so I didn't know because because when, when you looked at the trailer, they kept showing all the funny stuff. I had no idea that it was a sad movie. Like you didn't get that from the trailer. People may disagree with me, but that's kind of like, what, uh, what was it? Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn, I think maybe. But Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. Four Christmases was portrayed as funny. Four Christmases, I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's depressing. It's supposed to have funny parts in it, but it's depressing. So I've started a do not watch this at Christmas list. Four Christmases is on it. The Family Stone is going on it now that I understand that you put yourself into a crying fit because you were alone at Christmas and watching that. It's <laughs> definitely not on my watch list at this point. So I actually did like Four Christmases, but my favorite Christmas movie is Love Actually. And just the interaction of the storyline and the score. And it brings back an incredible memory from our honeymoon because we did a December honeymoon as well and went to San Francisco and actually went to the Performing Arts Center and watched the movie on the big screen while the San Francisco Orchestra played the score. And the score of that movie is absolutely gorgeous. And so, yeah, Love Actually is my favorite Christmas movie just because of the memories that it brings back. I think we've already watched it like four times this year. So in case anybody wanted to know, we are exactly polar opposites. My favorite Christmas movie is Elf at this point. Definitely not Love Actually, but my second, I was a huge Christmas story fan. And then Charlie Brown Christmas. That's my favorite older one. Absolutely. 100% Charlie Brown Christmas. You don't have a heart if you don't have that in your top three. But you know, so let's, let's, we had some similarities. I don't know if we want to go down this path with our honeymoons. My Christmas honeymoon, we went snow skiing. We went to Breckenridge, Colorado for our honeymoon. Breckenridge had a really, really cold week. And my wife, being newly married in her early 20s, bought this really, really beautiful ski outfit that was not designed for warmth. It was designed to look cute. And when we got to Breckenridge and it was time to buy lift tickets, of course, we're there for a week-long honeymoon, and I bought seven-day lift ticket. You um, did not. Because we're there to ski. We're going to Colorado. We're going to ski. Honeymoon or not, we got to go. There's a lot of things around my honeymoon that need to be done over that I failed miserably at. And one of the things was this idea that we should ski every day instead of take sleigh rides and nice walks and really neat little honeymoon things. Um, Sit by the fire and drink hot cocoa and watch it snow and all. Yeah, uh-huh. There's a whole romantic angle here that missed me. In my defense, it was my wife's fault for 
marrying me before my brain had fully developed. I was very young. I was not 25 years old, which is the most men's fully developed brain. You know, at least you have to reach at least that around that age. We were married when we were 22. So my brain was underdeveloped. So it wasn't my fault that I was so terrible. It was her fault for agreeing to marry me before I was fully mature. Well, you know, we had kind of a honeymoon disaster as well during Christmas. And there's a few things like the symphony and Love Actually and seeing the San Francisco Ballet do Nutcracker at War Memorial Opera House, which is the first place that Nutcracker was ever performed in North America. And we saw Brian Setzer. So there were some really cool things that we did at the very beginning But then, you know, we kind of had the disaster of going to Napa and finding out that I'm allergic, highly allergic to red wine. And then I got food poisoning to the point that he moved into the room next door because it was so bad and I couldn't take it anymore. And forgetting to take our tickets to the Fiesta Bowl to see LSU and the University of Central Florida play and not having our tickets once we got to Arizona. So there were all of these little things that went really, really really wrong. I can tell you that the soundtrack to our honeymoon was The Grinch That Stole Christmas because the medications that they were trying to give me after the allergic reaction made me sleep so much that that's what he watched over and over and over again. So he watched that and then on Christmas Eve to Christmas Day, I can remember Daniel waking up and him watching a Christmas story. So those were the two things that I would wake up long enough to hear before I would go back to sleep from all the meds. We had altitude sickness and were really, really sleepy and didn't know why. And as we attempt to one-up each other about our honeymoons, the last sort of mic drop moment for me would be, but did you call home and tell your mom that you thought it would be a little more fun if y'all would have been with a group of people? Oh my goodness, you didn't. That's what my wife did. So uh, my wife, as the story goes, I didn't hear the actual conversation, but she admitted to it a few years later after I profusely apologized to her for my terrible honeymoon mindset and still to this day continue to apologize to her. She called home to her mom from the hotel phone as I was out skiing. By the way, she was in the room and I was out skiing because we had these lift tickets and I was in Colorado. So how could I not ski and said that it's going fine. I just think it would have been a little bit more fun if we would have been with a group of people. And her mom said, but Julie, you're on your honeymoon. (laughs) She goes, I know, but long story. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about Christmas morning with your girls. Christmas morning has always been fantastic. Julie's fan, she's amazing when it comes to this and has always made it an amazing thing. I know that our girls, I think both of them probably were, but our oldest was definitely a snooper or try to figure out what she might be getting or try to find the presents. I was that way, by the way. So full disclosure, as a kid, I was that I was that kid and so she got it honestly. Whereas Julie as a kid 
and didn't want to know. Like she wanted the surprise. She didn't want to accidentally run across gifts, anything like that. So there was a Santa. It was always early. Even into their teenage years, they would still get up early. And it's just wonderful. Wrapping paper everywhere. And we're not huge gift like, you know, we didn't like go overboard with our kids. But Julie is a big, it's not about the monetary value. She's a numbers of gifts. She's a gift person like you. And so it's a lot of little things. It was just this constant opening of things and it was small things and it never was about big money. It was always about having a lot of little things to open. And our girls seemed to love it, always loved it. And so it was always fun to watch that. And because again, here I am, kind of the do nothing, sit and and observe portion of this little picture, but it was wonderful. And I think as empty nesters, until they are married and have their own things, we will continue to do that. That's something we've continued to do through college. Having lots of little gifts is the way we do it too. I mean, it's not about the money, but to me, it's about finding those little unique things that fit the person's personality perfectly or that they can use, but they would never buy for themselves. But things that are just going to make their life a little bit easier, a little bit brighter. But yeah, I'm that way. I want to find a whole bunch of little things as opposed to one big thing. And I'm not big on surprises. That's not me. So I will confess that as a child, I would go and get my dad's exacto knife. And I would practice, I would wrap gifts and I would practice trying to figure out how with an X-Acto knife could I figure out how to cut the tape so I could try to open the end to, to see what stuff was. You were breaking into your gifts. Who does that? That's, Me? That's wild. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I mean, it's, it's the idea of, of me with an X-Acto knife as a child too. And that, that I did that and thankfully still have most of my digits. So confessional time. Are you a re-gifter? I'm not a gifter at all. So, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can re-gift if I don't gift, but I guess there's been some occasions where that has happened, but it's mostly around the extended outer family. We have the Dallas bunch or the cousin and re- where we're playing the game. I'll re-gift there, playing a game of sorts, but no, I am not within within the closeness of my of my family i would not be what do y'all do with romeo for christmas do y'all dress him up oh no i'm just not into like i i know i'm gonna offend you right off the bat because i know that maribel all dressed up i get it but no romeo's never been dressed up he doesn't have a christmas sweater number one he's too stinking mean to try to get that thing on him. There's no way that we'd be able to get it on him or dress him up before he's taken a gash out of somebody's hand. He's just too mean of a dog. <laughs> so Maribel does get a new Christmas dress every year. Aunt Mitzi makes it for her. So most of Maribel's clothes... It's a, it's a clothes, custom a custom dog dress. That's what we're talking about here. Yes. Is that what I, is that Aunt what Mitzi I just Aunt Mitzi makes her a custom dog dress every year. Not at my request, but we know that Aunt Mitzi's going to make her a new outfit. I understand. <laughs> but you want our Christmas card this year. She's not wearing clothes. She's. I don't think she has her collar on our Christmas card this year. Oh, no, that's that's wrong. I think she's wearing pearls. It could be worse. You could be a cat person. There is that. And no offense <laughs> to our cat people out there, but I think dressing up a cat is much more difficult. Offense intended for our cat people out there. I am not a cat person. Now, I'm going to be hypocritical and say, except for Ginger. We do have a cat. She's an outside cat. 
I've, n- I've never seen a cat that wants to be friendly but can't so bad. This cat, she makes you think she's going to be friendly and you can't touch her. You can't pet her. You can't catch her. But she will come up within inches of you and as soon as you try, she's gone. I've never seen this before in my life. Ultimately, Christmas is about family for us and and about the reason for the season. And one of my favorite parts of Christmas is actually going to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve and getting to church around 11 o'clock and singing Christmas carols from 11 to midnight and getting to have, you know, that experience with my church community. And I think there's just something so special about that Midnight Mass church experience Ultimately, ultimately, it comes back to the reason for the season and all of the trappings and all of the crazy things that we do. Having that time on Christmas Eve to just sit back and worship and be joyful at that moment that it comes from Christmas Eve to Christmas is one of those things that I just think can't be replaced in my life. And I know that you and I have different worship experiences, but I know that our hearts are are both in the same place when it comes to that. Our church does a Christmas Eve service. It's not midnight, but it's a Christmas Eve service, candlelight service. And we've missed it from time to time because we also have a family Christmas Eve thing. And we haven't always been able to do it. It's more of a newer tradition. It is probably the best service of the year in terms of just solemnness or just appreciative uh, in terms of worship and, and how that works. But it's very interesting that that's the case. I see people come with families, come with their families. They're very intentional about that. And I love that. I think that's why I put It's a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, or a Charlie Brown Christmas as at the top of my movie list is it all comes back to Linus in his monologue about what Christmas is all about. And there's just things like that that help us understand that with all the hustle and bustle, with all the consumerism and everything that goes on around today's society and Christmas, that there is a true meaning of Christmas, which is to celebrate the birth of our Christ. And I love that moment during his monologue because we never see Linus without his blanket. And I'm not a crier. That's not who I am. But every time I watch that monologue, I get just a little bit choked up because he drops his blanket in the middle of that monologue because he is so full of hope and he he forgets to be fearful. And I think that's what Christmas uh, reminds us all is that there is hope and that we don't have that reason to fear. And just if we take that time to step back and look around and be in the moment. But I love that uh, one moment in that in that monologue where he drops that blanket. I just think that's so special. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that Christmas, the timing of when Christmas is, and then the new beginnings and new hope of a new year that follows that. I'm not real emotional about that or really think a big heavy thinker about that but it's so interesting to me that this time of year you have this season 
And me, for me, I've talked about I use this season as a time of planning. Yeah, it's a calendar year change. Yes, it's a new fiscal year. So we talk about the next year and all these things in our businesses. But I can only really do that because of what this season changes in me in terms of the spirit of the season, this thing that happens. And then right on the heels of that, it's like new hope new beginnings, new everything. And I think that's what I love about it. And I know there's other people out there that can have struggles through that. They've lost loved ones and all those things. But man, it is such a time of spiritual renewal for me. And so I hope it is for for those that are listening. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from your favorite Christmas movie, Elf. Will Ferrell, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing out loud for all to hear. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Merry Christmas, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.